You are listening to the Senior Agent Podcast. This podcast is for insurance agents that are helping America's seniors with their financial choices. Here is your host, Christopher Westfall. Hey, it's Chris Westfall. I just got back from Las Vegas, Nevada for a two-day conference where we all paid $1,000 to be in the room with some of the top life insurance producers in America. I often attend internet conferences. Actually, that was the third or fourth one so far for 2019, but this one was very appropriate for what we do. Usually I can take one or two things out from internet marketing conferences. This is probably the best because it's right next to what we do. Some of the top life insurance producers that do everything by phone were there, and we got a lot of internet knowledge. Also, some sales and training from one of the guys who actually was behind the creation of the call center's Uh, that you would probably recognize today. They're all over the TV. They sell life insurance by phone, um, most notably SelectQuote, Health IQ, and some others. And this is the trainer that was behind their success. This guy has sold tens of thousands of policies himself, personally, and then trained the most successful sales teams out there. And today in this video, I want to take away uh, some notes from that, bring them to you. And there are some notes talking about the opening of the call and things to consider and keep first in your mind when you're on a call with somebody that's brand new. Now, this is the same whether it's an inbound lead, an outbound lead, someone that you're responding to information that uh, they either sent in something by direct mail or they were responding to a Facebook ad and so forth. So we'll just head right on in here. And first of all, you've got five seconds. And this is so true. Uh, we hired some new people here in my office just a couple of weeks ago. And I remember talking about it Uh, As soon as we were over the interview, I told the rest of my team I had decided in just a few seconds that they were were it for me. I was going to hire these folks because of their energy that they brought to the room. It doesn't matter what else that they brought as far as um, past background, their experience, their license or not licensed, that kind of thing. It's their energy that they bring and their ability to communicate. And you can tell that in the first 30 seconds when you're meeting somebody new. And it's so important when somebody calls into your office, for instance, if you have a direct mail or a direct response Uh, program where they're calling into you or they're returning your call that you answer the phone and the energy that's appropriate for them to be on the phone with you if you answer your phone and you say hi welcome to the senior select service can i help you or thank you for calling a happy insurance agency can i help you as opposed to hey senior savings network this is chris can i help you you know like whoa you're in a good mood let's take it from there and you kind of set the expectation you set the tone And in everything else that you do, if you keep in the back of your mind, what you want to keep in their mind, keep present is you are the expert. They called the right place today. Boy, you're glad you called here because I'm the one that specializes in your state. I'm going to be the one that's going to be able to help you. And so if you keep that present, first and foremost, it's going to help throughout the call. And as far as being present goes, there are a number of instances where this is the most important key. And I tell my people all the time, don't ever have someone have to repeat something that they've already told you once. There's nothing that can make a call go south faster than someone that you ask them the same question, like what city are you in? Or what's your birthday? Or what's your banking information or your social? If you gather any piece of information along the way through the phone call, you have to take ownership of that piece of information. They're testing you. They may not say it overtly, but they're testing you to see if you've been paying attention. And so early in the call, as you you hear these things like, oh, really, when's your birthday? They tell you, and if it's a turning 65, you write down what their birthday is. 
you can use that later in the conversation to bring it back and what that does is cements them back to the point that wow you were listening at the beginning if you find out where they are now oh did you grow up in that area no i grew up in the south and then later on if something comes up that you can tie back to where they grew up, you can say, oh, if you grew up in the South, you probably remember this that happened or that that happened. You can tie it back to history. Whatever you can tie back to what they told you in the beginning of the call is really, really valuable, and that really works well. But one of the things about being present is if you had a bad call just before, somebody told you off, they told you never call me again, don't ever call here again, I'm going to report you to the cops or whatever, people can be weird. You have to leave all of that behind. How many of you know someone who walks into the room with you and they just had an argument at work or down the street or with a person that cut them off or whatever and they just dump on you? They unload. They unload because they might be in such a shallow place that they have to bring all of what just happened to you and they can't let it go just like a vivid dream from the night before. They have to unload that on you. Hey, do you want to hear the dream I had last night? No, not really. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway because I must dump it out and, and you must hear it all. You can't be that way when you're doing the profession of phone sales because this person had nothing to do with what happened before them. And they deserve and they, they should have all of your respect and all of your time and your presence. So do yourself a favor and don't be moved by what you see or what you hear, everything before that. You have to be just like an actor, and they're saying, action, the slate has been hit. Now you're on stage. The lights are on. The camera's on. What are you going to do? Whatever happened before that curtain came up has nothing to do with what's about to happen on this phone call, so you've got to leave that behind. And you have to completely reset, just like I talked about, and you have to listen intently for those clues. Write everything down. What they talk about their dog, their grandkid, that's a huge one. That'll come up later. Where did they grow up? What did they do for industry? What are you retiring from? That kind of thing. Now you want, don't want to go too far with this, but you want to be keen and listen to what clues that they give you, and they'll tell you what's most important to them. This was funny. He was telling the story about a person selling life insurance in this one particular call center, and this person would say things like this. Look, we've talked a long time around this. Look, I'm 49 or I'm 50 or whatever years old. I'm not a spring chicken. I'm just going to cut to the chase and tell you, you need this. Let's just get this done. And then silence. And this person could do that because that's their true authentic self. They just cut through the bull, have an immediate connection with the person. Let's say, let's cut through the fluff. You know you need this. Let's get it done. And let it dangle out there. If you can pull that off, then you're the authentic person and that works well for you. Great. If you can't, find something else that's just you and talk about you. If it's interesting and it's going to be separating you from everybody else out there, you're going to be memorable, then you do you. And other people can't do things exactly like you do. And once you throw those things out there and you become your own personality on the phone, and you find that people really respond when I say this. And it's funny, when I get around professional salespeople out here, you'll hear them say the same jokes. You'll hear them say the same openings. You'll hear them say the same things because their authentic self comes out and that's just them naturally. And people will respond to that knowing that that's just really them. So find what you and use it. This is the part I was talking about asking questions about where they're from and all that kind of thing. You have to control the phone call so that when they wander off and they start talking about, I did this for 30 years and then I had this happen to me and this happened to me and this happened to me and this is what I found about this plan and that plan and this plan and this is what I had. At some point, you have to kind of rein them in. You have to ask them, okay, 
that's really cool. That's a neat story. Oh, by the way, what happened on this day? When did you lose that coverage? What was the date of that coverage? And you said that was this plan with your employer? Okay, great. Now, the next question is, what about this? You have to bring them back in. One of the things they would do in these very successful call centers is when the person would go over their allotted time, that's the average time to get a deal done, and in this particular case, it was 10 minutes. The Medicare sale is going to be definitely longer than that. But after that 10-minute time, they would go back and look. Okay, of everybody that had more than 10-minute long phone calls, how many of those actually closed? And if it's a very small number, then you know that that person is just letting people control the call so much so that, you know, sometimes seniors just want a sounding board. They just want somebody to connect with. And oftentimes, if you're on the phone with them, they'll use you. That's great. They want a friend. Well, unfortunately, we don't get paid to be friends with people. We actually have a job that we have to get done. See, people want to go to doctors that are busy because they know if they're busy, their practice is full, they're doing something right. People want to go to an attorney that's hard to get on their calendar because they know they're the best. People want to do business with people who are busy, and so you have to have a professional stance with this and say, look, we've got to get back on track here. Hey, what's the answer to this question right here? Just for you and for them, really, that's what they want to do is do business with you. And if they don't, you need to find that out earlier in the call rather than later. So you have to keep the conversation simple. We don't want to use jargon that we in the insurance industry are very familiar with. We all know what's involved. We know it's deductibles. We know it's coinsurance or copayments or whatever. We just can't use that terminology when we're talking to people. Why? Because they don't understand it. And if you ask them in the way that you say, now, I'm going to talk about deductibles. You know what a deductible is, right? Then you're putting a direct confrontation between you and them, and they're going to be on the spot, and they're not going to want to look stupid. So they're not going to say, no, Chris, tell me, what is a deductible? I've always been wondering. No, typically they're going to say, oh, of course I know what a deductible is. So you may want to just cover those things quickly and softly, not expecting that other people understand what our terminology is, and say, so the Part B deductible has to be paid every year. What that means is, for the first $185 of the year that it's a claim when you're out of the hospital, that first $185 you pay first. That's called the deductible. After the deductible is met, after you've satisfied that 185, this particular plan works in this way. So you can explain it with the terminology once you explain what that term actually means. Open enrollment period. Oh, we can do that drug plan for you during the next AEP. During the, the what? They don't understand what that is. Explain to them the time frame and try not to use our jargon or they'll be lost and they won't admit to you that they're lost. And that's even worse. So one of the things that we want to eliminate in the conversation and everything that we do, all the little bits and tips that we drop into the phone call to build trust and rapport and a bridge with them, it's all to eliminate fear, uncertainty, doubt. And so the fear and uncertainty is, oh my God, can I really trust this person? That's the biggest obstacle to anything being bought or sold over the phone there is. Can I trust this person? So if you incorporate that, answer that objection right away in the beginning of your presentation to somebody, then you're going to eliminate that. And you need to sprinkle in some trustworthy uh, tips throughout your conversation. Uh, one of the top producers that I interviewed in Tampa about 10 years ago would start his conversation, Hi, my name is Joe P., um, I'm the licensed Medicare agent that's going to help you today. I'm licensed in the state of Colorado. They want me to tell you my license number. And you can look that up later. You may want to write this down. My license number is 012345. 
I'm going to record the call today as we always do. That's for your protection. We operate in full transparency. Everything that we say here is monitored by our supervisors so that we give you the right, consistent information all the time. Does that make sense? And check in with them. That's another thing. If you just ramble on through everything without periodically checking in to see if it makes sense to them, are we tracking correctly, everything I'm saying making sense, did I explain that in an understandable way? Are you with me so far? And just let them have a minute to breathe. So many agents, when I review their calls and they talk to people and they're having a difficult time, they will ramble on through an entire presentation and they lost them back at 10%. So if you want to take the time to check in when you deliver a new concept, when you're talking about a particular plan or a concept such as the deductible, the annual election period, your start dates for Medicare Part B and how that works, leaving the employer plan, pre-existing conditions, whatever the topic is, check in with them and pause and don't be like thinking, what is the next thing I'm going to say right after they answer this? What's the next thing I'm going to say? Listen to it and then go further. We'll talk about that in a second. Go further on a topic that they bring up again because something might be missing there and you don't want to let that go. Creating an affinity. This is kind of cool. He talked about the story of USAA and their affinity with people who are veterans, who have been in the military or families been in the military. That affinity relationship right there makes someone think, oh, I'm going to get a better rate. I'm going to be able to get this in, a, in an exclusive club because of my military background. Uh, talk about health IQ, sells life insurance over the phone and over the Internet. Their affinity program is, are you healthy? Great. If you're healthy, we have a special deal for you. And some people with final expense, do you have any health condition? Oh, I have COPD. COPD, that's one of our specialties. Matter of fact, we're one of the only agencies in the country that can help you regardless of the fact that you have COPD. I'm so glad I got you on the phone today. See, some other agencies would tell you, nope, sorry, and hang up on you. Have you ever had that experience? I'm so glad you called us today because we specialize in that, whatever it is that they present with. Or if you're doing turning 65, you specialize in educating seniors on the process of turning 65 because it can be confusing. Over 65, that's great. We specialize in the older senior market because they have to health qualify and we're experts at getting you approved so we don't waste your time. Whatever it is, line up with them and be in affinity, be in a group with them so that they feel like they're getting something exclusive because you can do it for them. Listen for other things that they talk about. Horseback riding that they enjoy doing, what their hobby is, motorcycle riding, whatever it is. And if you can pair up with that legitimately, great. Tell them a story. Tell them how that impacts you. Don't make it up because you won't be able to back that up when they call you a year from now, two years from now, and they say, hey, how's your uncle that's the horseback, you know, jockey, whatever. My who? What are you talking about? Don't make stuff up, but look for opportunities to have a kinship with them when things might be relatable to what they're talking about and make it a big deal. So your justification for calling, this is so critical. You have to elevate the importance of your phone call above every other phone call that they're going to have that day. And that is you have to differentiate yourself from a telemarketer. They get so many telemarketing calls out there today, you know, and you have to be, whoa, 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 this is not a telemarketing call. This is an important call returning your call you asked us for information. You asked us to call you back. You responded online. You sent in the card asking me to call you. I'm going to give you that information right now. 
You came looking for us. This justification is the most important thing that you have to get out really, really, really quick in the call. Otherwise, you're going to get hung up on. So the tonality that you deliver this information has to be one of authority and the fact that this is the important phone call. Not, hi, Mrs. Jones, is now a good time? Should I, should I call back later? I, I'm, I'm just calling you because you submitted your information here. That kind of weak that kind of weak delivery, we hear a lot in the recordings of agents. And it's so ineffective that you have to have somebody that's such low-hanging fruit that they literally feel sorry for you before they'll do business with you. On the other hand, if you call out and you say something just like, you came looking for us and you found us online, I'm returning your call. You asked for this information. And that position of authority has to be used immediately to justify them spending more than two seconds with you on the phone. I love being polite. I was raised as a Southern gentleman. I love it. But now is not the time to be like, am I interrupting you watching Wheel of Fortune? Oh, I'm so sorry. Can I call back at a time when you want to talk to an insurance agent? No, it's never going to happen. Look, I'm busy. I got you on the phone. You're lucky you got me on the phone right now. Let's get this information over to you and what you do with it is on your own. You can figure it out. You can do business with me or not. I just need to deliver the information to you that you requested. Then I'll be out of your hair. Let's get this done. Mirroring is kind of important too, but some people take it a little bit too far. You know, I'm not sitting here as some little woman standing by my man like Tammy Wynette. I'm sitting here because I love him and I respect him and I honor what he's been through and what we've been through together. And you know, if that's not enough for people, then heck, don't vote for them. You don't need to pretend to have their accent, but what you can do in a legitimate, honest way is match the volume of their tone. If they talk really soft and they're gentle, then you don't, don't need to be talking to them like this, really loud. You need to match their volume and match their speed. If they're a slow-talking person from the South, you don't need to be a fast-talking city slicker from New York. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you take an Adderall or you just drank five cups of coffee or something. You may be talking 100 miles an hour you may, and you'll lose the people who appreciate the non-fast-talking people who talk honestly and slow. What they appreciate is the way that they are. So listen for the clues. Again, be present to their speed and their demeanor on the phone and try to match where they are. But don't make up the accent like some people do because you probably can't pull that off. The whisper effect. This is so amazingly cool. Let me tell you something, okay? Whispering on a phone call influencing is so powerful when you whisper at the right moment, when you lower your voice. Now, the key to making money in a situation like this is to position yourself now before the settlement because by the time you read about it in the Wall Street Journal, it's already too late. It works. So when you lower your voice, like Zig Ziglar said, you lower your voice and you slow down and you tell them something that they can't find elsewhere, that they're only going to get from you. Okay, Mrs. Jones, we submitted that application. This is what's going to happen next. And this is the good part. When you call the number, you need to speak slowly, clearly, Answer yes or no to the health questions, but don't, unless you're asked otherwise, don't elaborate. That's the key. That's the secret. And so you may not say the key or the secret, 
but in your tonality, in the way that you slow down and you're like whispering a secret. Now, Mrs. Jones, I just gave you the rates for Plan G and Plan N. You're probably going to have other agents trying to push you to that plan, whatever. And here's why they're going to want to do that. And they're listening closely. They'll pull close to that phone and they want to grab, you're grabbing them and like whispering in their ear. This is the most amazing technique out there for building trust, rapport, and a bond between you and them because you're the one giving them the secret that nobody else is. Here's why we lose the sale. We talk over them. We talk way past them. Again, we left them back at 10% of our presentation without checking in, and they're overwhelmed with information because they, you just went ahead without even checking in. They're freaking overwhelmed, and now they're saying, you know, I'm going to need to think about this. And we're not talking about the legitimate thinking about it, doing their due diligence, turning 65. You know, they've got other priorities. They're still working right now. They're not going to retire until six months from now. And you're, they're just now looking at the market. We're not talking about the legitimate going to think about it. We're talking about the people that if you're hearing this all the time, then there's something wrong. If every other time, don't call me, we'll call you. Okay, got it. Thank, okay, thanks. Don't call us, we'll call you. Your delivery was too much, too fast, and you gave them too much information. So check in with them and see where they want to go sometimes once you've delivered the important information about the plan, the rates, and all that. But don't overwhelm them. Overwhelm them. Some agents feel that they need to make up for an inadequacy of not being um, a true product expert, maybe, by talking a whole bunch of jargon, telling everything that they know, telling everything that they learned from the Medicare and You Guidebook on the hopes that if they baffle them with BS, they're going to say, well, I don't understand any of that, but I know I need to go with you because clearly you're the expert. You know all this insurance stuff. And that does work sometimes. But the better part is to move along with them in pace. That is who is referable, not someone that just overwhelms them and steamrolls them with information. Then they're going to be like, mm, let me think about it. The other part of that is if they ask you to go deeper in a particular topic that they don't understand and you just skip over it or you touch on it so lightly that they're still left, again, not checking in, they're still left going, wait, I didn't really, wait, I, you know, I didn't get that. I didn't understand that. To be polite to you, they'll just leave and quietly go to another agent who has the time to give them the answers that they are concerned about. If someone calls you and asks you about high deductible plan F or I've done my research and this plan, you know, plan K or plan L looks to be the best based on what I'm looking in, at in here. No, no, no. You want plan G. Yeah, everybody does plan G. You want plan G. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. And they'll go to somebody else who will at least listen to them, acknowledge that they've done their own research, and explain to them why there's something wrong with that other plan and why carriers have opted not to represent that stupid plan and why they should probably consider what the market is doing. If you don't spend enough time on their real, on their real concerns, they'll back out politely. You'll never hear from them. They'll never answer the phone again, and they'll go to somebody else. So you want to be thorough and listen intently for when they have a legitimate concern. So we talked a little bit about the opening, being present, the tone in which you answer the phone, listening to the clues that they're going to give you and then regurgitating those back. If they tell you that they grew up in the South um, and then they tell you what their birthday is as you're considering what the start dates would be, and then 15 minutes later in the conversation, you're bringing those things back up again. Let me confirm the information that I have here. 
you, your birthday is June 15, 1953. Is that correct? Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff that you're rehashing for them, it tells them, wow, this is a professional. This person was taking notes. They really cared about what I said. The worst case flip on that is if you go back to somebody in a, a conversation and you're taking an application and you have to ask that information and you go to the next screen, you're like, oh, something glitched on this. Can you tell me that information again? Can you tell me that information again? Can you tell me that information again? And I've heard it. That's when you lose. That's when you clearly tell me and them, if I'm listening to Gull, you didn't care enough to be present in this. You're either checking your phone or looking at your instant messages or looking off and daydreaming. Whatever it was, you weren't focused on the call. And trust me, that means the most to them. So as you're opening the call, everything else, is predicated upon that first 30 seconds. How you set the call, how you ask effective questions and then listen for the answer and guide them back when they start straying off the path. Say, okay, let me get to this question so I can help you most effective way. I need to know this, need to know that. Great, you called the right place. I'm the person that specializes in Alabama. I'm glad I got you on the phone today. We've got some great options for you. And the first one is this. What do you know about that? Check in with them. What do you know about Plan F? Have you already done research on this? Because I don't want to repeat everything that you already know. That would be inefficient use of your time. I want to be respectful of your time today and fill in the gaps that you don't know, educate you where I can, and help you along on your path to make a decision. And whichever way you go, I can help you down that path. But let me present the options to you. First of all, what do you know about this? What do you know about that? And be very professional and very intent on the call. Rather than being a mousy person, that they have to feel pity on to do business with you. I'm sorry, it just has to be said. I hear a lot of these phone calls where people are like, do you want to buy from me today? Can I be your agent? That's not who they want to do business with, folks. I'm sorry, it's not. They'll be nice to you, and you'll never hear from them again. You have to have the command authority on the phone, and that was part of the law enforcement training back in the day, was showing up on the scene and making sure that there was no mistake on the scene who was in charge. You have to do that in the phone call. They're on the phone with a professional and your time is very limited. Or if it's not, you have to act like your time is very limited because they want to deal with a true busy professional. And you have to justify immediately, right out of the gate, why they should spend time with you on the phone. And hopefully it's because they requested information and you're responding to their request for information. I've got some good stuff coming up for you. Some of our best phone calls from our closers in here that are handling objection, objection, going into the cross sale and things, doing it in a legitimate way, not a packaged can or corny or illegal way. And so we're going to start bringing to you some of those really good calls as we're editing out some of the personal information so you can take, take away some tips. You don't have to do everything the same way. Nobody should. But you'll take away some tips and things that you can use in your presentation to make you a more effective closer so you can provide for yourself and your family and those in the community that you serve. My name is Chris Westwall. Thanks for watching. I hope this has been beneficial for you. And like me, I took 26 pages of notes during this event. Hopefully you got something you can take notes on, make little snippets out, and bring those in to your phone call and use them where appropriate. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Senior Agent Podcast. For more information and other episodes, visit SeniorAgentPodcast.com.